You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 78. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 78. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. I hope you are enjoying this weird and wacky summer (laughs) in the middle of this weird and wacky year and soaking it up while it's you know, feel it kind of feels a little normal because it's summertime. I don't know if you're, you know, we, we don't get to go out and do things. I don't know if you guys put the the Facebook memories that keep popping up for me of like this time last year, this time two years ago are kind of uh, making me sad and sentimental. But it's been a good summer for me. So I am not complaining and uh, enjoying it while it lasts. So today we have an interesting question. And it's from a stay-home mom who is thinking about starting her own business, but thinks she's crazy to think about it and is very nervous and scared about this idea. And so I'm excited to read this to you, but I wanted to tell you, for those of you who have teenagers at home and might be going a little bit stir-crazy because you're all on top of each other all the time at an age and stage where you're supposed to have a little more separation, that after writing this, I write, I kind of write my notes first as a blog, and then I record them as a podcast. And my son, who's a college student, is my editor. And he actually complimented me on my writing. And I started crying. I was like, oh my God. First, probably because I've been writing a blog for like eight years and, you know, never get any feedback at all. It just kind of skids out there into the wilderness and I have no idea how it's received. So it was nice to get feedback at all. But then to have this same person who, you know, used to tell me everything I did was wrong and just gave me the cold shoulder for years and years is now complimenting me. Mamas, I wanted to give you a little bit of hope and a glimpse of what's to come is these uh, teenagers, they do come back around So hang in there if you're at home with your teen and they're annoying you. So today I'm going to read the question from Angela. She writes, Dear Tori, I've been thinking and I'm curious about starting my own business, but I'm nervous. It would be a service-based business like yours, but it seems impossible with all that's going on. I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last few years, but I find I'm a little burned out on it. I have no idea what's happening with the kids' school next year or how I would find the time to work on something new. I don't know who would do all the things I currently do around the house. It's not like I sit around all day with loads of free time. I'm crazy for even thinking this. Extra money would be nice, but I can't say I need to earn income. There's no logical reason for me to start my own business, but this nagging voice in the back of my head hasn't gone away. Is it a good or a bad idea to start a business as a transition out of being a stay-home mom? How can I know if this is an idea I should even move forward with or not? 
Angela. And so I kind of like that you didn't tell me what the business was because it just takes it into this very general idea of being a stay-at-home mom during a pandemic with, for a lot of us, online schooling coming up in the fall. And just basically this question is like, can I even consider carving out time for me during all with all that's going on? That's kind of how I'm reading this question. And so this isn't really a parent education question. I don't really have a parent ed answer. So let's go into the life coaching answer. And I just want to tell you, this has been a surprisingly common topic lately when in my coaching calls with my clients. And it's very exciting. And I remember when this whole pandemic thing started, I thought, okay, like the best result that could come from this with these kids being at home, no school, you know, getting to do whatever they want to do. I thought, God, wouldn't it be great if we could have like a little mini renaissance where kids are getting this time and this space inside their own minds, their imaginations, their creativity to do more art, more music, more poetry, more, you know, creative ventures. That was kind of my hope. But I'm wondering if moms... (laughs) are having a little mini renaissance because I keep having the same conversation over and over again. And it seems like it's triggered by boredom or monotony or something about this the global craziness. Like all the world seems like it's changing really, really fast. And maybe that's giving moms permission to change fast with it. Or the idea that like, Life is short. Maybe if we could, we know we could get coronavirus and die from it, that maybe we better like take life by its horns. And is that an, even a metaphor? <laughs> Grab life by its horns. I don't know. It sounds weird. But anyways, I don't know why. All I know is it's a conversation that seems to be coming up a lot, and I am finding it very fun. So I wasn't too surprised to have this come through as a listener question. So let's talk about it. Angela asks, how can I know if this is an idea I should move forward with or not? Well, I can tell by the way she wrote the question that she's not a serial entrepreneur, like someone who just kind of starts up a lot of different businesses. Like this is not the, you're not the kind of person who just throws money at a get rich quick scheme that comes your way. So I, that would be a red flag for me. And I'm not hearing that here. And I just love it when I hear women thinking bigger, like thinking about putting themselves out there and believing in themselves just enough, at least start dipping their toes into the world of entrepreneurship. We can never know if our idea is the right thing, nor can we know if this is the perfect time. Plenty of bad ideas have been tremendously successful. Think about pet rocks or something, right? There's a lot of very successful bad ideas. And there's been a lot of great ideas that have never gotten off the ground. So the thing to focus on isn't if it will be successful because there are no guarantees. You need to focus on what you already know. You know, number one, that you're getting bored and burned out on life as a stay-home mom. Pay attention to that, mamas, <laughs> not just Angela, but all the super moms out there. When you feel busy but bored, restless, or like your body's moving constantly, but your brain is uninspired, 
that is something to pay attention to. That is how our higher self tells us it's time to grow. That's what it feels like when you're not growing. And we are meant to grow. As humans, if anything else, we are meant to grow. So number one, you know you're getting bored and burned out. Number two, you have an idea that hasn't gone away. Despite, it sounds like you've been trying to talk yourself out of it. Like you got a lot of excuses and reasons of why you should not pursue your starting your own business. But this idea keeps nagging at you. That is a sign. That is how our higher self or our calling will communicate with us with this nagging, not going away. Because we can all get kind of whims, right? Of like, oh, I, I was really into making jewelry for a while. And that was like super fun. And I enjoyed it. But then it went away. <laughs> I did it for like maybe six, nine months or something. And then I was like, nah, not really into it anymore. So we all can get into things and then grow out of them. But if you have an idea that hasn't gone away, that is a sign. And the third thing we know for sure is that you feel nervous when you think about doing it. I don't know if you can hear it in your question, but I can feel the fear. This fear is a sign that you are on the right track. If I was going to start my own business, let's say painting houses, it wouldn't scare me because it's not aligned with my soul's calling. If I fail at a house painting business, who cares? Not me. <laughs> if I tell people that I paint houses, I don't fear social rejection or weird looks. If somebody tells me I didn't do a good job painting their house, I'm like, yeah, I didn't. You're right. So the business can fail or succeed, but it doesn't affect me. That's the difference between a job and a calling, okay? Where it just doesn't feel very personal. You show up, you do your work, you go home, no big deal. Usually, when people think about starting their own business or becoming an entrepreneur, especially in a service-based business or some kind of creativity, selling your art, selling your passion, it feels very personal. If I am starting a business that is very aligned with who I'm meant to be on the planet, it feels terrifying. <laughs> To say out loud to the world, like, this is me, this is who I am, feels ridiculously vulnerable. We all kind of have this fear of self-identity. You know, I remember the first time I said out loud that I wanted to be a life coach, I started crying. I was like, what is happening to me? I was telling my yoga teacher and it came out. It was so embarrassing. It was like, I think I kind of sort of want to be a life coach. <laughs> and tears started rolling down my eyes. Like, what is that about? That is a sign that I am tapped into my calling, something that's very important to my soul's journey on this planet. So if my business fails, my life coaching business fails, it feels like I failed. If I, my business painting houses fails, it's like, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> no big deal. With When it's something as personal to you and then you get criticized for it, oh my gosh, dagger to the heart, right? If somebody thinks that I'm lame, that being a life coach is a stupid profession, I can make it mean that I'm lame, that I'm unworthy and stupid. <laughs> so just know that staking your claim 
and standing up and telling the world that this is the value I have to offer and please tell me I'm worthy by paying me money is horrifying to all of us. When I coach people on this fear, they think they're the only ones. They're like, oh, I just need to be confident like so-and-so, you know? It's like, no, we're all scared to death. It's kind of like a primal fear, I would say, like a... um like a deer walking out into the middle of a meadow, going to get a drink from the stream. Like you are separating yourself out from the crowd, coming out of the hiding of the forest, and you feel extremely vulnerable to attack from any sort of wild animal that you can't see. It, it, that's what it feels like. It feels very primal, very vulnerable. And every part of you (laughs) says, don't, do it. Don't go out to the stream and get a drink of water. You could die. When you feel called to a profession, it's not like sunshine and roses. And I think a lot of people think that it is. It's like, oh, this is my calling. It's going to feel like divine intervention and, you know, stepping into the light. No, it feels like throwing up and hiding in the closet, which I'm sitting in right now, ironically. So most people deny the call at first. The first step, if you listen to Joseph Campbell talk about the hero's journey, when some hero gets a calling, the very first step is to deny it. Nope, mm -mm, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. That's ridiculous, stupid, mm -mm, too scary. So what people tend to do after they deny it is they do everything else they can think of to avoid it. So shadow careers that bear a close resemblance, but aren't quite as vulnerable as what you really want to be doing. Investing time and energy, perhaps into raising children. It could be a shadow career for you. Like I didn't, I mean, you could see this all the time, like sports and, oh, theater. Like, well, I didn't really pursue my calling to be an actor on the stage. And so I'm really encouraging my child to do that. Or I missed my opportunity to be a, you know, A-level athlete. So I really want to prioritize my child's opportunities. And sometimes that can come from a good place. And sometimes it can be a shadow career. Like if I can live vicariously through my child's success, then I it's okay that I'm ignoring my own and my own callings. So shadow careers tend to show up. Maybe it's like I'm working in the business trying to help somebody else support their calling that is very similar to yours. Uh, the way you know it's a calling and not just a fun idea is that it won't go away. So it keeps nagging at you. If you do something that's close to you, that's if you focus all your attention on helping your child live up to their potential, but in the back of your mind, you still feel this unfulfillment, this nagging sense that you're missing something, that's a sign that it is a calling and all your attempts to dance around it and avoid it will not last long. So the purpose in you pursuing your calling, it's not about creating a perfectly successful business. It's about the person you get to become in the process of following your dreams. That there, it's not even the dream itself or the thing, it's who you evolve to be in the pursuit of that. You might have a strategic byproducts of a result from you pursuing the dreams that you can't anticipate 
It might be somebody you meet. There might be a whole other business idea that emerges. It might just be you tapping into your own creativity and letting those juices flow. It's so much more about the person that you need to become rather than the business itself. So for Angela, it sounds like she's at a crossroads. One path is the path that you've been taking, raising great kids, taking care of your family. Nothing wrong with continuing along this path. You will get lots of support from our culture who admires a self-sacrificing mom. This path might get boring and tedious. It might drain your energy, and you may even resent your family someday for consuming so much of your time, energy, and spirit, but it's easy, it's familiar, and more importantly, it feels safe. (laughs) The other path is not easy or familiar, and it's scary as hell. You don't know where it's going to lead. It feels exciting. It feels interesting, compelling, and very, very vulnerable. You don't know how you're going to find the time. You don't know whether it will be successful or not, but it'll get you hopping out of bed in the morning. (laughs) It's energizing and it's exciting, but there's uncertainty that comes along with it. So imagine yourself 80 years old, you're sitting on your rocking chair on your front porch, and you're looking back at your life. Which path will you be glad that you took? If you took the scary path, what would have been your reason? Why would you have taken that path? And is that a reason that you admire? So if anybody out there is listening and you're thinking about doing something big, bold, and scary or different, you want to think about what's my reason? What's my why? And if you take the safe path, if you decide not to pursue your calling and say, no, you know, I'm just going to continue on the direction I'm going. What's your reason for doing that? If it's, you know, you want to just really listen, like, uh, oh, it's not the right time. It's too much money. you know, I don't know what's happening with the kids' school. If those are your reasons not to pursue it, do you like those reasons? And if you decide to do it, is it because you don't want to regret not doing it in the future? Is it because you want to feel excited to get up in the morning and like use your creativity and, you know, just kind of have some time to yourself? <laughs> what is your reason? And do you like your reason? Because right now, both paths are uncomfortable. Staying where you are is uncomfortable, safe, but boring. Pursuing your calling, starting your own business is uncomfortable, exciting, but scary. So if both of the paths are terrible, (laughs) you might as well take the path that you won't regret later on with a reason that is aligned with your values. I believe that being a stay-at-home mom is the perfect place from which to start your own business. That's what I did. You aren't trying to replace an income, so it eliminates that pressure. And when you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, your body is busy, but your brain often isn't. (laughs) You often have a lot of mental space and sometimes some creative bandwidth. It kind of depends. I remember when the kids were little, it's like the creativity was like the first thing to go. As far as creative, like problem solving and parenting discipline. When I got tired, man, that creativity was out the window. But a lot of times your your brain is kind of craving some intellectual stimulation. And a lot, these days, a lot of social stimulation too. So it's really hard to imagine the logistics 
of how your schedule would look like if you started your own business. You know, it's hard to like from this point now being a stay home mom, it's hard to picture starting your own business because you're like, my days are full. I have no free time. How the heck would I start doing that? It's really better to start your, your business and not worry about the schedule and the timing and get excited first, get over the fear, get excited. And then those little things like scheduling and calendaring will fall into place because you'll have enthusiasm and excitement, which you do not have now right now. You just have fear. As you start pursuing your calling, you're going to be amazed at how much more energy you have. Ignoring a calling is a huge supermom kryptonite. It drains your energy. So that once you commit to moving forward, the excitement and enthusiasm for your new pursuit will make childcare issues and household chores seem easy to overcome. I mean, I remember this so clearly. Like I used to just like wander around the house like all day. I'd be like cleaning the dishes and cleaning the kitchen and cooking and doing laundry and you know, picking up toys. And it was just like, I spent eight hours cleaning, it felt like. And as soon as I started my life coaching business, I was such a faster cleaner. It was like, okay, I got 15 minutes before I pick up the kids. And I would just whip through the kitchen in 15 minutes, which would have taken me two hours before because I didn't have the time. I had that sense of urgency, but I also had energy and enthusiasm. And then the other piece is that I remember feeling like this is my life. My life is just as a a housewife. And all I meant to do is clean up after other people and serve other people. And I love serving other people. Believe me, I was born to serve. I've always been drawn to helping professions and things. But when you feel like that's all your life is about, at least for me, it was just it was ignoring the fact that there was more for me out there. And as soon as I got over myself and started pursuing it, I just had so much more energy because like, oh, this is not my what my life is about. This is not the meaning and purpose of my life is to do the dishes yet again. <laughs> and if you, the meaning and purpose of your life is to do the dishes, I do not judge it. You will know that that is the, your calling because it feels amazing. I have friends who clean their house every day. Their house is always perfectly clean and tidy and they're happy and they are full of energy and they love it. So I am not judging it. I just doesn't work for me. Like I just don't understand. Um, but it totally works for people. I can see it and I feel it. And it's like, yeah, that's great. You don't have that. This is enough for you. And that's satisfying and fulfilling. So please don't take this as a judgment. So Angela, My suggestion is to feel the fear and do it anyways. Notice that it's scary. Know that you are in very good company and everybody else is scared too, but that that fear is a sign that you are meant to pursue this idea without really knowing where it's going to lead you, but just know that it's designed for you to help you evolve into the next person you're going to be, the next layer of growth for you. And I think you got this, Mama. I think being a stay-at-home mom and starting your own business is the perfect timing. Today's super mom kryptonite is obeying cultural programming. Mm, let's rephrase, obeying sexist cultural programming. 
Even in 2020, women get a lot of messages about sacrificing themselves for their kids. When we stay home to cook, clean, take care of the children, we get approval from our culture. Obeying this expectation feels very safe. Putting our dreams and ambitions on the back burner while raising our kids feels like a good and noble thing to do. But there is a cost to blindly obeying this unspoken sexism. The cost is unfulfilled moms and stressed out kids. Ignoring ourselves is one of the reasons that today's kids feel so much pressure coming from their mothers. If we're going to put our lives on hold, it better be for a damn good reason. We judge our success as a mom based on our children's successes. Deep down, we know maybe when we aren't living up to our potential, but we'd rather focus on helping our kids live up to their potential. It's hard enough being a kid without the scrutiny, pressure, and never quite being good enough to make mom sacrifices worthwhile. So the solution is to not obey these cultural, unspoken, sexist programming and say, I will sacrifice for myself and my children. Their needs come before mine. I mean, of course, kids' needs are important, but there's a difference between needs and wants. And there is plenty of time in the day for you to focus on yourself as well as your kids. It's it's not an all or nothing. It's not either my kids come first or I come first. There's plenty of time for both of you, for all of you. So the solution to or the alternative to not following this cultural sexist programming that a woman's place is in the kitchen, playing small, supporting her husband, supporting the children. The alternative is to commit to your values. Now, values change over time. I used to do this values exercise in my sex education class, and we would have the parents do one and the kids do one. And so a value is basically whatever you're prioritizing right now, what's most important to you. And so if you're constantly surrounded by children, then having time to yourself suddenly becomes a very important value. Where before you had kids, that probably was not at the top of your list. You might have had like, you know, strong connections with your friends as a very important value. And so that might be dropped down. So it really depends on what's going on in your life. Okay. So think about what is important to you and what you value right now for the person. Now that you've had the experience of being a stay-at-home mom, what is important to you? And would you tell your daughter not to pursue her dreams because her husband didn't support them or because the children's needs should come first? Do you want to believe that it's more important to support men's and children's ambitions than women's? Because this is not an argument you would ever hear a dad make. A dad is not going to say that I can't start my own business because the children need me and I have to cook and clean all day and I don't know what's happening with online schooling. Can you see the sexism in that? So you want to ask yourself, like, do I think it's okay that a man can take time by himself to go golfing, let's say five hours on the golf course on a Saturday, but I think a woman should be at home with her kids 24 seven. Like, do I really think that it's these sexist ideals? Is that aligned with what I want to believe? 
that a man can go off by himself, take a week with some, you know, friends to go hunting or fishing. <laughs> I know friends. I have a friend whose husband used to take off for a month to go hunting, like every fall. And I was like, oh my God. And she would get like a little weekend, you know? And she would, when he comes back, she would go off for the weekend. I'm like, God, the, the imbalance of that. And do you like that imbalance? Is having a clean home really more important to you than you living your best life. So I want you to just take a good, hard look at your values and some of the unprogrammed sexism that might be playing a part. Because playing small in our lives is obeying some very old sexist programming. Yes, it feels scary to go after our dreams and pursue our ambitions, but living a small life of regret is pretty scary too. So what I did to convince myself to do it, because I had so many fears, you name it, I had it. I fear afraid of everything. And so I just felt this very strong cultural pressure. Like I feel like every woman in the genealogy of my family was saying, don't do it, Tori. Don't start your own business. Don't charge money. Just stay low, stay hidden, stay small. And so I decided to turn it around and take these big, scary steps as a way to honor the women in my family genealogy. Like I did it as a way to honor like my grandma who didn't have the options that I had. She had no choice but to be a stay-at-home mom. I did it to honor, you know, her mom, my great-grandmother. And it just like all the, the generations of women before me who it wasn't even a choice. I felt like that was where the pressure was coming from weirdly. And so I decided I'm going to do this for you as a way to kind of say like, hey, we have the opportunity now and I'm going to make the most of it and I'm going to do it as a way to respect and honor you. So maybe that will help you too. Good luck. Find find a reason, find a value that works for you, Angela, and every other mom out there ready to take some big, scary steps. I am with you in solidarity. Today's super bomb power boost is to do one thing that scares you every day. I remember the day I decided I would conquer my anxiety. I was in Yosemite, one of my favorite places in the world, and I could not enjoy it because my thoughts and fears that something bad was about to happen had taken over my brain. It was horrible. Not being able to enjoy climbing boulders in beautiful Yosemite Valley made me determined to stop avoiding things that scare me and to start living my life. I checked out every book from my library on overcoming anxiety. I remember the stack I had laying in every nook and corner of my house. It was like all I read for a while. I was determined. And I learned a lot. And for any of you who have anxiety, if your kids have anxiety, please know this is one of the most treatable things out there. Like if you look at mental disorders, anxiety is super easy to treat. I mean, we do it in life. I do it as a life coach. Like there's so many different methods that work. So do not think this is something you're stuck with. But the mantra that helped me probably the most that like just stuck in my head came from Eleanor Roosevelt. She said to do one thing every day that scares you. And I took that to heart. From that day on in Yosemite, I incorporated this philosophy and it completely transformed my life from small and fearful to exciting and adventurous, I must say. 
uh, I don't do one thing that scares me every day. It's not something that's conscious because my life is just now my comfort zone has expanded so much. But in the beginning, when I was learning how to embrace fear, it was very, very valuable. So today's Supermom Power Boost is for you to do one thing every day that scares you. It doesn't have to be something big. It might just be like trying a new drink at Starbucks you haven't tried before, switching to almond milk, <laughs> doing a Bollywood dance video because I maybe you don't know how to do Bollywood dance videos, attempting a TikTok with your kid, asking a neighbor to go for a walk with you that you've never you know, socialized with before, going camping someplace new, going for a very long bike ride without your cell phone, doing small, scary things every day expands your comfort zone, making you feel more comfortable with changes. It makes you feel more comfortable with discomfort. <laughs> when discomfort becomes comfortable, then you can do so much more with your life. It's going to help tremendously as you try to make bigger changes that are the real scary ones because they're aligned with your soul's calling and your essence that you're going to feel very vulnerable doing. And you might have some cultural backlash and you might have some criticism. And so you're going to need this resiliency that comes from expanding your comfort zone by doing one thing that scares you every day. Today's quote of the day, when you stretch yourself into your full potential, you will feel afraid, not ready yet, not possibly qualified enough. If you do the thing anyway, you will find out how ready you are. Tara Moore. And if anybody is intrigued by this topic and you want to read more about playing big in your life, check out Playing Big by Tara Moore. She's an excellent book. All right, super moms, you have a fabulous day. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.